Hey, stay tuned, folks. It's Preet. So last week, I shared in this feed the weekly note I write for Cafe Insiders. I heard from many of you who appreciated the audio version. So here is this week's note. As always, I love to hear from you. Write me at letters at cafe.com. Dear listener, four weeks ago, I did not even know the term social distancing, much less what it meant to practice it. And now I'm already fed up with it, as I'm sure most of you are. But my family and I will persist for as long as necessary because we put our faith in the doctors and scientists who preach its effectiveness. Some have pointed out that the term social distancing is a misnomer. What we are really doing is physical distancing. In this time of uncertainty and suffering, True social distancing would be the worst possible prescription for our souls and psyches. While we may have to hunker down in our homes and observe the six-foot rule when in public, we need social closeness more than ever. It's challenging. You can shelter in place with your nuclear family if you are part of one, but the concentric circles of relationships beyond that core are more difficult to keep up. And so we turn to our vilified electronic devices to connect us to friends and family outside our bunker. Our smartphones and tablets and laptops are not just a means to keep up with work, school, and the news. They are lifelines to the communities we care about. As I tweeted last night, one of the only silver linings of this whole miserable mess of times is reaching out to and hearing from old friends just checking in. It's wonderful. I added wishfully, and when Dr. Fauci says it's okay, I'm throwing a huge party for all of us. Such a party seems far off, sadly. But these daily check-ins have been spirit-lifting. You may have found the same. I've checked in with old friends in California, Maryland, Texas, D.C., Florida, Illinois, and the U.K. So many have reached out to me also. It's as if everyone on your holiday card list got a memo reminding them that you don't have to wait a whole year to drop a line. There is an outpouring of outreach, and that has been a blessing. I've also been hearing from many of you, people who read these notes or listen to the podcasts. These have been a comfort too. I appreciate your struggles and successes, your varied takes on the state of the country, also your advice and good wishes. There's one check-in I'd like to share with you. Earlier this week, we received an email at the Stay Tuned account with the subject line, Warm regards to Bashir Khan. The message was this. Hi, Preet. I know your father-in-law because he comes to my library frequently. Please let him know that I'm thinking of him and wishing him well. The writer was Melissa Morgan, who works at the local library that was a second home to my father-in-law Bashir. He liked to sit among the books and read the news of the day, over time befriending many members of the staff. When he stopped being able to drive himself, my sister-in-law would take him. It was a vital part of his routine, but it had been hard to maintain recently as he struggled physically. It was a small thing, this email check-in from a stranger who felt my father-in-law's absence at the library and just thought to reach out. It's hard to explain why it touched me so, but it did. Words of concern and acts of kindness seem much needed now. Part of it may be that it's a sad time for my family. You see, I don't have good news about Bashir. He won't be back at the library. Yesterday morning, at the age of 91, he passed away. 
he was home, in no pain, and at peace. His death was not COVID-related. This, I realize, is something you have to say these days, when anyone dies. The virus seems to find a way to involve itself in every death now. In our case, it meant that my wife couldn't go to Chicago to be with her father at the end, even when we knew it was coming. And that's been the most painful part of this. I know others have had similar experiences, and it is crushing. Bashir's life, on the other hand, is an inspiration. He was born in a small town in India in the eventful year of 1929. Guess what the life expectancy was for a male born in the late 1920s in colonial India? It was 28. I looked it up. 28.26 years, to be exact. But notwithstanding that miserable actuarial prediction, Bashir survived India's bloody partition in 1947, when part of his Muslim family relocated to Pakistan, put himself through college and medical school, emigrated to America, built a thriving medical practice in Chicago, and started a family with his young Jewish wife, whose own father had fled Nazi Germany in the 1930s. He led a remarkable and full life. Like my own father, against magnificent odds, he embodied the American dream. I wish I had a fraction of the bravery of either of these two men. Bashir was a kind and gentle patriarch and ever so proud of his family. May he rest in peace. I know that many of you are going through painful times too. It's not easy living in this age of pandemic. I know some try to completely shut out the news, which is impossible. Others read every last awful ICU story, which is inadvisable. And there is a terrible feedback loop in operation. The contagion causes anxiety, and the resulting anxiety itself feels contagious. I'm as much concerned about everyone's mental health as their physical well-being. Physical distancing remains necessary, but social closeness is vital. That's why the check-ins are so important and sustaining. Reach out to old friends, gather online, send good wishes. Every gesture means more now. While you're counting the days to the party, make the days count. And let me know how you're doing. Be well and be kind. My best, Preet.